A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Get in the long team with a bunch of demons. You really believe that human beings are demons? No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, there's probably a, a balance between, I believe you have to know Christ, but... God is in hell. He is. And someone knows this for sure. All of mankind is going to end up somewhere in heaven. <laughs> Really is to just help people of faith, especially, to re-examine this issue, to realize the church has got things wrong in the past. For those who are God by faith in his son. <laughs> Corinthians, right? 2 Corinthians 3, 7. Victory in the name which is above every name. There's no exception for rape or incest. Uh, it's an extreme law. <laughs> Right now, bones, ligaments, tendons, in Jesus' name, get out here right now. So put your trust in the sovereign risen king, who doesn't owe you one cotton picking thing. And yet he still promises to furnish his disciples, but we take what he's created and we turn him into idols. I'll never back down, so how can I keep it in? But you'll never see me preaching the sin of TBM. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 30 of The Master's Dog. I'm your host, The Evangelical Norm. So The Master's Dog is uh, my version of Radio Free Geneva. <laughs> kind of, sort of, something like that. Uh, I just wanted to jump on Dr. White's uh, coattails there for a second. Um, this is when I respond to videos where the Word of God is attacked or um, twisted by anybody. It started out just me responding to the Saints Unscripted uh, Faith and Beliefs segment of their podcast, and it became more. Uh, they're still the, the foundation of what I respond to. Um, I've committed to respond to every single one of them, and again today, it seems like they're just trying to find stuff that is less and less uh, relevant <laughs> to any kind of discussion to see if I will not respond. Well, no matter how pointless the video they make as they label it faith and beliefs, I'm going to respond to it. Um, and then some others. So I did finally get to that Quaku. Um, I'm not going to do a second part of the, the Quaku response. So that one is what it is. And you also got the really cute, uh, 
my daughter coming in at the end of it. So if you haven't seen that one, go back and watch last episode, episode 29. Um, so this is episode 30. David, again, has come back to part two of his The Succession of Joseph Smith um, podcast series. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump in. We're going to let David uh, talk about, and there's really not a whole lot to respond to because this is, I mean, this is just a lot of history, but if if something sparks my interest, then by all means, I will respond. So let's let David tell us about um, another successor of Joseph Smith that wasn't Brigham Young. After the Latter-day Saint prophet Joseph Smith was murdered by a mob in Carthage jail, the members back in Nauvoo didn't really know what to do. Who was going to lead them now that Joseph was gone? What was going to happen to the church? This problem was exacerbated by the fact that before Joseph died, he made as many as eight different references to who should succeed him. In this episode, we're Okay, so when we talked about this the last time when they talked about Sidney Rigdon, but if you're a prophet and God is who God is and God is not the author of confusion, which scripture says, um, God is never wrong and you are his prophet, God doesn't change, why would you have eight potential successors? Um, it was pretty obvious for... Um, when Elijah passed on his mantle to Elisha, that there, that was who it was going to be. Um, you know, it, again, we, we see that God moves in these different ways. You know, they replaced uh, um, Judas as, as one of the 12 with Matthias by casting lots. Again, God's sovereignty interacting in the replacement of an apostle. So here, I mean, again, just even discuss this to say that joseph smith had had named up to eight potential people to be a successor it really cast doubt well not that we need to but it's people should recognize the the doubt that is cast upon his prophetic office if he can't even come up with a <clears throat> one person to be his successor um, and you think that that would be something that they talk about more often we're going to specifically look at the claims of his son Joseph Smith III and the breakoff sect known as the Reorganized Church of Jesus Christ, later renamed the Community of Christ. In the very first Faith and Beliefs episode I did, I made it clear that my purpose wasn't to bash on other faiths, but rather to explain why we believe the things we believe. So I don't want to come across as harsh towards our friends at the Community of Christ, but it is important to explain why we did not take the same route they did after Joseph Smith's death. You're free and encouraged to come to your own conclusions. Let's do this. That may have been his longest introduction ever. And, um, and let's just remind everybody that the entire existence of the Mormon church is that all other churches are an abomination. Their creeds are an abomination. Their professors are corrupt. So the very existence of your church, David, <laughs> church, David, is literally an attack on every other religion on the planet. There are some claims that Joseph Smith privately or publicly indicated that his son should be his successor and lead the church after Joseph's death. One day, Simba, the sun will set on my time here and will rise with you. But 
When Joseph Smith was killed, his son was only 11 years old. So when the topic of who should lead the church came up, it was mainly a decision between the Quorum of the Twelve, led by Brigham Young, or the last surviving member of the First Presidency, Sidney Rigdon. One Latter-day Saint, John H. Carter, claimed Joseph had said his son would succeed him and said in the late 1800s, I believe it today just as strongly as I ever did, and it was under that belief that I followed President Young West. So some people believe that Sidney or the Twelve would take control of the church, and when Joseph III was old enough, he would take the reins. Well, the church sided with the Twelve. Sidney started his own break-off sect, which quickly crumbled into nothingness. <laughs> Meanwhile, the church moved west to Utah, but Emma Smith and her children, including Joseph III, stayed behind in Nauvoo, Illinois, and soon disassociated themselves with the church. Now, we need to talk about a man named Jason Briggs. Again, another issue of uh, putting some doubt on the the validity of this church. If Joseph's wife, who supposedly uh, dictated for him while he translated the Book of Mormon, all those other things, for her to distance herself from the church uh, is a little odd. Now, of course, they did go on into the reorganized. Oh, excuse me. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or the Community of Christ. But again, to, to distance themselves from that mainstream portion of the religion, it just seems like Joseph's wife would be the one that would continue on. Briggs originally followed Brigham Young's leadership, but felt the church had fallen into apostasy by 1846, probably due to plural marriage. He left and affiliated with the break-off sect of a man named James Strang, who we'll talk about in another episode. But then Strang started practicing plural marriage, so Briggs left that sect and joined up with William Smith's sect until they started practicing plural marriage as well. It was at that point that he claimed to have... I'm seeing a pattern develop here. ...received a revelation to establish the reorganized Church of Jesus Christ, which he officially did in 1852, and you guessed it, no plural marriage. That said, he and other leaders of the him. organization were of the opinion that their leader needed to be someone of Joseph Smith's lineage. In 1860, Joseph Smith III, now age 27, agreed to be that leader. Eventually, disagreements arose between Briggs and Smith, and Briggs, ironically, ended up leaving the very church he created. Ironic. So, did Joseph Smith actually name his son as his successor? I don't know. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. The question I have isn't so much about whether or not Joseph III should have been leading the church, but rather, which church did Joseph III end up leading? Joseph Smith received Doctrine and Covenants 43 in 1831 after Oliver Cowdery claimed to be receiving revelation for the church. The revelation in D&C to the elders of the church reads, And this ye shall know assuredly, that there is none other appointed unto you to receive commandments and revelations until Joseph be taken, if he abide in me. But verily, verily, I say unto you, that none else shall be appointed unto this gift, except it be through him. For if it be taken from him, he shall not have power, except to appoint another in his stead. And this shall be a law unto you, that you receive not the teachings of any that shall come before you as revelations or commandments. And this I give unto you, that you may not be deceived, that you may know they are not of me. Jason... Okay, so... <coughs> Just like with Doctrine and Covenants 32, where Joseph literally threatens Emma 
um, that God is going to destroy her if she doesn't go along with his desire to um, have sex with other women by calling them his wife and taking wives from other men who are still alive. And just ridiculousness. And so Joseph uses the revelation to threaten Emma. God's going to destroy you if you don't go along with this. Same thing here. You get guys that are going, well, you know what, Joe? You get revelation, but I get revelation too. It's like they're playing church. It's it, This is literally, as you watch, I mean, you watch the different versions of the story. You watch as these things uh, happen and go along. It's like they're 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 pretending they're playing a, a big old game of make-believe it's like children on a playground playing a game well you know my power is now suddenly better than yours and literally if you if you examine this stuff it it really does it breaks it down into like this is childish um make-believe briggs claimed to receive a revelation for the whole church According to the revelation given to Joseph Smith, this could not have been possible unless Briggs was appointed by Joseph himself to do so, which was not the case. So even if Joseph planned on his son succeeding him, the church Joseph III ended up presiding over was founded upon an unauthorized revelation received by Jason Briggs. Nonetheless, the community of Christ teaches that they are the true continuation of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Over time, huge key doctrines that Joseph taught were abandoned, such as eternal marriage, temple ordinances, and the nature of the Godhead. But of course, this is all from the perspective of... Might have to do with none of those things find their themselves in biblical um, theology, in, in what is actually scripture, the Bible. None of those things are there. So I would think that it makes sense. And, and here's, here's the other question. Here's the thing is, who are you to say? Uh, you know, the people of the RLDS Church or Community of Christ, they pray about the Book of Mormon. They have a manifestation about the Holy Spirit. Whose testimony trumps whose? Maybe, yeah, again, Doctrine and Covenants 42, maybe Joseph was wrong. Maybe Joseph made it up in this Jason Briggs guy is actually did the right thing. All of, none of this, because there's there's no foundation in scripture or history or reality for that fact that, that this all blows up. As you, as you get these different groups, and again, we're going to talk about string as we're coming up in another day, but all these different little offshoots and stuff like that, it just, it crumbles the, uh, the house of cards that the LDS church is built on. Someone who does not adhere to their beliefs. So if you have more questions about this group, feel free to research them on your own. There's a link to their website in the description. That's a little crash course on this topic. Hope you learned something, and have a great day. So, yeah, I wouldn't recommend that you go and, and do any kind of research in it. I mean, you can. There's nothing wrong with it. But, again, the RLDS, Community of Christ, is just as heretical as um, the Mormon church is. It just, they've got a little bit closer to uh, reality in, in biblical scripture, Um but they still adhere to the Book of Mormon. I don't. I think they've they've rejected the Doctrine and Covenants, obviously, because there's so much, and they don't do plural marriage or any of those things. So, um, so yeah. I mean, it looks like they took a couple of steps. Uh, potentially, they could take more. All they have to do is reject Joseph Smith as a prophet, reject the Book of Mormon, teach the Trinity, which I think he said they may have. They may actually tr teach the Trinity and not 
the three gods, but one God, three persons, um, and repent and put their faith in Christ. And the community of Christ would be absolutely recognized as orthodox. But as long as they're maintaining Joseph Smith as a prophet and the Book of Mormon as scripture, they are outside of orthodoxy and they can't be called Christian because they're worshiping another God or another Christ, uh, following after another doctrine of demons. And, um, and yeah, so, uh, and, and upholding a false prophet. So that is why, you know, community of Christ can't be considered Christian as well as Mormon and every other LDS offshoot, uh, can't be considered Christian because they worship a false Christ, a false gospel, um, false scripture and false prophets. So there you have it. I hope this one was helpful. Um, hopefully the next uh, episodes will be a little better. Quaku has another video out. I'm going to probably pull bits and pieces out. I won't be able to respond to it the way I do most because it's an hour long and it is actually him having a conversation. He, Jackson Washburn, and a guy, I don't know his name, I can't remember it, that goes to Jeff Durbin's church in Arizona, Apology of Church, which I'll be interested to see what Jeff and Luke have to say, and Dr. White have to say about this little video, if they say anything. So, um, thanks for hanging out, guys. I hope this was helpful. Uh, as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They are necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm -hmm.